Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, Mark. Hi, Liz. Mark McKinney, I am going to blow your mind out of the water right now. Right now? Right now, because I realized something a couple of days ago, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, of course, everybody in this family is living in a tent. What do you mean? It's not just the girls. Why? How Louis do you know? and Bess and Leon are in their own tent. What? Okay, here's how I have come to this conclusion. Wow. This <laughs> I know. Is look, I know. I know. I'm blowing your mind. I'm blowing my yeah. own. Okay, here's what I think. First of all, she always uses this collective we when she talks about the whole family. Mm-hmm. We have to move to Bell. We have to move to, you know, whatever. We have to live in a tent. We're building a house. We get to go into a house. Right. And then. So when she talks about her individually, she'll list the people, me, mom, and Francis, or she'll say, us Hartzell girls went down to the fields. And what I realized the other day, people were making comments like, oh my God, it's so cold, it's so cold. And I thought, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. If mom, dad, and Leon are actually in a house and these girls are in the tent, that would never be the case. I would live in the tent with my husband and put my girls in a house. Mm -hmm. So no one is in a house. You think? How could it it be the other way? They're just two tents. Yeah. I have never thought of that. Me either. Until it dawned on me when, because, you know, by this time we all know, you know, they're building a house and that's exciting. And I thought there's no way as a mother, right. Bess would allow those girls right. to sleep outside in two degrees. The adults had a tent and yeah. the girls, they the just adults set, they, and Leon about had a tent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not going to put Leon with the girls because right. he'd probably bug them. And he's a boy and they're girls what and they an have their modesty. and, and their, very sad thing. I know. Yeah. But I came to that conclusion. I think, and I, So now we have to put two tents on that map. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... As a you, graphic designer, this means cool. you have to redo As a grandson, all the. Oh, <laughs> I know another tent for grandma. I know, hey, and great grandparent. Oh, Louis oh, Louis and, Louis and Bess. I keep, I keep forgetting the 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 great Louis. part. I do. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. I do too. N- not so great in this moment. No, I know. It's so sad. Yeah. So that was my poof shoo moment yeah, that I had. That sounds legit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're about to start episode. 
16, but let's talk about what happened in episode 15. Okay. Okay, we talked about a lot of things, but mainly we found out that Tommy and Henley are not going to be Mark's grandfather. (laughs) Yes. So we have solved that. So bye-bye to the boys. And we learned a little bit about Tommy's grandfather, which was a fascinating story about George Moss. Right. And I went back when I was editing it, and I was like, how could the newspaper have gotten Mm -hmm. it so wrong and Mm -hmm. called him black in one, but white in the book actually written about this trial and then i remembered we were just on the tv two weeks ago and they called us husband and wife something yes, else they did. <laughs> yeah, yes i know because we we're were not. we were described as partners yes and, and then that, the next one picked it up and went the couple and then someone and, said man and wife right. it was a game of telephone right. in real life okay just copy and paste yeah. And we would have always just been partners yeah. working on a project yeah. and not assuming that we're married people. Right. So it would make sense right. that George Moss was being hung with all these other black but men. But he was or, a white guy amongst, more, amongst black guys. I think so. Yeah. And that woman who is his great-granddaughter is very wow. convinced that this is the correct man because we went back and forth really? on Ancestry yeah. with the messaging. And she's like, no, he was white and he was my great-grandfather. Okay. Well, so, yeah. So crazy. Sounds- But that would make sense. And I still haven't heard from Tommy Bird's family, so... I was hoping that article in the Little Rock newspaper yeah. might have them go, hey, that's where Grandpa was from. Right. <laughs> hey, it's just a matter of time, a matter yeah, of time. That's right. Um, so the Hartzels are starting to build a house, and they'll finally have a real structure instead of a tent. And speaking of tents, Elizabeth got baptized at the big tent revival, mm-hmm. and that had been there for a couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. so, and we learned a lot about those. They're more about dating. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> than about Pass saving your note. soul. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I forgot to say... Welcome to My Grandma's Diaries. Welcome, everybody. Okay, so that was out of sequence, and we're going to jump right back into the diary. Okay. September 1st, 1933. The frame of the house is finished. September 4th, 1933. Talked to Ruby Suthlin and Henley at the store this morning. Ruby and Leonard named their baby girl Elizabeth Jane. I wonder if Tommy had anything to do with it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Yeah, because Tommy's going to tell his sister to name their baby after his (laughs) ex-girlfriend. Maybe he was trying to warm up to Elizabeth again, and this was a good end. (laughs) Or he's like, Elizabeth is a nice name, but that was a month ago. Right, right. (laughs) We had already met Tommy's sister a couple of episodes ago. She's the cute little lady who lived to be 102 years old. Mm. And here they are having their first baby in 1933. Mm. Elizabeth Jane ended up going by Jane. When Elizabeth Jane is 16, she and her family are living in Searcy, where her dad is a bookkeeper at a bank. Mm-hmm. Jane ends up attending Harding College, where she is the most active student I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, yeah? She's president of the Thesbian Club. She's a member of the Alpha Honor Society. She's candidate for yearbook queen. And she's also a member of the Future Teachers of America. And boy, do I have a lot of pictures of Jane. Oh, because yeah? someone had their yearbook on Ancestry, uh-huh. and they must have been a friend with Jane because oh. she signed her name on every picture wow. of herself in the How yearbook. How cool was that? I know. Isn't that fun? And that's all I know about them because there are no 1960 censuses, so she could still be alive. I have no idea, but I'm telling you. Elizabeth probably held that kid. 
Of course. You know? Well, yes, of course she did. The cute little baby. She loves playing with babies. But here's the thing. If this bird family doesn't get in touch with me soon, I'm going to yank out all my eyebrow hairs. (laughs) Because here's another one who could still be alive. Yeah. Who is Tommy's niece. Tommy's niece. Because this is Ruby, his sister. This is Ruby, his sister's Their baby, Elizabeth Jane. And Leonard, yeah. So what in the world? That would be so cool. Come on, bird family. She grew up in... uh, Where are you? Step Rock. Well, and in Cersei. I am... In Cersei, right? Right, right. Yeah. right. yeah. So there we go. So there's How Tommy's fun. little niece. Yay. September 5th, 1933. They've got the house finished except for the floors and the roof. September 6th, 1933. Went to Aunt Ella's with Woodrow and Archie this morning. The meeting is going on at Bethel Grove. She went to church in the morning, and I stayed with Grandpa until Doyne came and took him to Pangburn. Talked to Aunt Ella, read, and swept. When Reva came home from school, I talked to her. We three started walking to church tonight, and someone picked us up. Reva and I rode home with the two Woodrows. So it looks like Woodrow got his car fixed. Right. So right. He's, he's back in action. Little yeah. Woodrow and Archie, his sister, who I'd been calling Archie for a couple of months. Poor little Archie in heaven. And I had heard about a little stone church that yeah. survived the Judsonia tornado that we talked okay. about sure. uh, last episode. 1952. I don't think Bethel Grove is that church, but it is the oldest Church of Christ in White County. It was established uh-huh. in 1850 and built its first church in 1860. And that matches what that guy said. Sometimes tent revivals weren't in tents. They were in churches yes, if right. they didn't, you know, right. This so this is an example where they got to borrow a church, right. a church of Christ. So an evangelical <laughs> kind of church. But it was really cool when the people, I talked to a cousin of yours, Ruth, who grew yeah. up in you know Providence, uh, Reva's yeah, daughter. Yeah, Reva's daughter. And she did talk about the, the th- interesting things that were saved during that tornado. Like one big mansion got saved, but the house in front of it got squished. If you look at old Judsonia pictures uh, okay but this stone yeah. little stone church survived and it uh-huh. made me think of the three little pigs because <laughs> ah, the one was the stone. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so i thought that was really neat and we have pictures of that for y'all as well september 9th 1933 pauline edwards is visiting aunt etta and she cut my hair this morning okay hair so couple of things mm-hmm. several episodes ago this pauline edwards was doing her hair yes and i couldn't find her right but i thought maybe she got her name wrong because there was a pauline evans that just lived down the road so okay. we did a whole tribute to pauline evans and how cute her hair probably looked all the time and then <laughs> no doubt and then a couple episodes ago we talked about finding that writing about the guy who wrote the great depression ozarks book yeah and he mentioned this beautiful pauline and everett edwards and he mentioned that she did hair. And I thought, oh, oh have I got the wrong person, person again? And I did. Okay. So now it's time. There is actually a Pauline Edwards. Yeah. And let me tell you how I messed this up. Okay. In my defense, why I couldn't find Pauline Edwards in the 1930 census yes. was because for two reasons. One, she got married in 1931. So oh. she wasn't an Edwards uh, until 1931. Also, right. her sure. name is Gladys Pauline. So in the census, she's listed as Gladys P and not Pauline. How did you figure that out? 
Well, because, well, once I found out who they were, Pauline and Everett, and I did a search on them, yeah. then when you start then looking, you, you can find her maiden name okay. Okay. by searching their sure. records together, because you'll finally find yeah. their marriage license. Right. So I found that, okay. and that's how I found out that hey, she was- Hey, Ancestry, what's up? Sponsor this. <laughs> Do you know, I mean, how many people watching right now and listening in a couple of weeks are like, let me go to Ancestry. Exactly. Why can't they give us $20 Always. every time someone- does that amen sister how do you even get in touch with them we want to keep doing this it just helps but anyway pauline ended up being gladys pauline ghent and she Mm -hmm. was born in 1912 in big creek arkansas her father was a farmer, and in 1931, she will marry Everett Edwards, and they will move to Pangburn and become huge members of their community. Oh, yeah? And this is what that man, R.C. McCourt, had to say about her in okay. his online book. Pauline had a lot of talent. In days before beauty shops were common, she fixed a lot of hair and was good at it. But it was as a seamstress that she could really shine. I just wonder how many garments she has made in the past 50 years. Must be in the thousands. She did such a good job and charged so little. Had she lived in a place where one of the nationally known clothing lines had a plant, she could have commanded a responsible and good-paying position. She has made dresses for four generations in my family, and I know she has done this with many other families in the Pangburn area. Folks scattered clear across the land have worn garments made by her. What? That's beautiful. Yes, it is. Except... So how about, had she lived in a time when women could successfully own their own businesses and have a storefront, she could have been Diane von Furstenberg. Mm -hmm. But But he has her working in a plant. It's the times. Okay. I mean, if it's a car, you want to work in a plant too. So churning in a, I know. I I know. know, But if a man like made great saddles, he'd never say, oh, he should go work in a saddle factory. He'd be like, that man should be making saddles and selling. I don't know. Anyway, I don't mean to bash this poor guy. His research You're is not. great. That's and, not and I'm grateful him. for it. But sweet little Pauline lives to be 100 years old. And I, I have a that cute story. I have a cute little picture of old Pauline Edwards. And you just look at that picture yeah. and you know she's a good hugger. Aww. And she'd just say, come on in, sit down. She'd uh-huh. make you a cup of coffee and she'd be your friend all afternoon. And that's who cut uh, Elizabeth's hair that day. Yes. Isn't that cool to put all that together? It's, you know, it's like, you're Nancy Drew. The coolest thing about this is the mistakes that I'm making, because you don't know what you don't know. And then the more research I do, the more I'm learning things and putting pieces together, just like how I think they're all intense now. It's like, pow, it just all like sinks. It's really, really cool. Too tense. So by the time we finish this diary, I'm going to have to go back and apologize to a lot of people I got. (laughs) It's few and far between, though. Yeah, so far. And it's usually like a spelling or a last mm -hmm. name that just confuses you a little bit. I know, too, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I know. It's tricky. Who's to say? I might never find out I'm wrong until people start reaching out and saying, hey, that's my grandma. Right. Which that's my favorite, my favorite whole thing. Okay. September 10th, 1933. Went to Sunday school this morning. Henley was there, but no word passed between us. This afternoon, I sat under the cedar tree and read Mrs. Browning's poems. Tommy passed about 3.30. Thought maybe he'd come over here. About 5, he passed going back. He gave me a big flag down each way. I didn't eat any supper. Everyone was gone with Daddy except Mother and I. We sat out on the stile and talked. People love the simplicity. It's, ah, yeah. 
just to go sit on a style with your yeah. mom. She's probably talking about Tommy. I don't understand, yeah. mom. Everything was going great. Right. And then mom's like, well, baby, you were also dating Henley at the same time. And <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, maybe they sang because the whole family are singers. Uh-huh. And maybe like, let's just sing a little hymn. And uh-huh. The moon is rising. And right. it's beautiful imagery. Mm-hmm. But my other favorite thing was she sat and read Mrs. Browning's poems. Right. Now, several episodes ago, she wrote a letter to her boyfriend we call him backburner bill she, she wrote to backburner bill in bell hey hey bbb <laughs> we got a lot of alliteration going on but she mentioned in her entry that it took her mother francis webster mrs browning and shakespeare to write it and much to my dismay most people were like mrs browning who oh really i know oh. that made me very sad and then i thought are they from florida no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm I, I'm di- I'm dissing Florida. I know so many smart people who live in Florida. Yeah, and they have well, all give it heard. another ten years, yeah. and you won't. <laughs> That's what I'm worried They're about. In do- yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, into this. Um, so I thought that I would educate everybody about who Mrs. Browning was. Okay. Elizabeth Barrett Browning was a prominent English poet of the Victorian era. She lived from 1806 to 1861, and she is best known for her romantic poetry and her mastery of the sonnet form. Her work often explored themes of love, social issues, and ding, 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 political activism. Really? Now, I did not know that. Right. Because when I was in school, I read sonnets from the Portuguese, yeah. like probably all of you have read, and it's her drippy love poems right. for, for, to her husband. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. Right. That's her big famous one. But then... She also wrote a beautiful long-form sonnet called The Runaway Slave at Pilgrim's Point. All right. She wrote this poem. Okay, let me tell you about it. This poem addresses the issue of slavery and the horrors of the transatlantic slave trade. It draws attention to the cruelty and inhumanity faced by slaves and calls for empathy and social change. She writes this in the 1840s. Wow. And England had already abolished slavery, but America was holding on tight to that one and it was a big deal to write this and to be poking it at the americans particularly at the religious sects that had come over here to form their own communities Mm because they wanted to worship freely they didn't want to be persecuted Mm -hmm. and yet the persecution is happening from these very people Mm -hmm. so i wanted to read uh, i read the whole poem it's Really? Heartbreaking and beautiful. It's really not huh. that long. but And I wanted to read a couple of stanzas. Okay. And then I thought, I know Elizabeth no. Barrett Browning was white, and she was a white woman writing this poem. Uh-huh. But I thought it would be so much more powerful to hear it from a beautiful black woman. Mm. So I'm about to play for you guys mm-hmm. uh, my dear friend, Letty Ritchie, reading several stanzas of this poem. I stand on the mark beside the shore of the first white pilgrims bend at me where exile turned to ancestor, and God was thanked for liberty. I have run through the night, my skin is as dark. I bend my knee down on this mark. I look on the sky and the sea. I am black, I am black, and yet God made me, they say. But if he did so, smiling back, he must have cast his work away under the feet of his white creatures with a look of scorn that the dusky features might be trodden again to clay. And yet he has made dark things to be glad and merry as light. There's a little dark bird sits and sings. There's a dark stream ripples out of sight and the dark frogs chant in the safe morass and the sweetest stars are made to pass 
or the face of the darkest September 11th, 1933. All of us picked peas for Mr. Evans this morning. We got 64 pounds out of today's work. Daddy got a letter from Uncle Charlie today. He may get a job on the Frisco lines inspecting ties. Grandpa phoned him from Pangburn and told him to hurry up and build. Now, in here on our mm-hmm. notes, I have build in a yeah, little like parentheses uh-huh. because I'm not 100% sure what that well, word is, but it okay. starts with a B, and I don't know what else Grandpa is telling him to hurry up and do. I don't know why Grandpa is telling him to hurry up and do anything. Uh, I build. Grandpa wants I him to build a it, house. It's September. Like, hurry up and get the house built. Has Louis not been around again? Is right. he off like pang burning Perhaps. or Memphising? Right. Maybe that's Grandpa's, grandpa's like saying it. Build it. Just get it or, done for your family. Mm-hmm. Get them out of a tent. Yeah. So that I don't know. That makes sense, Build. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm wondering if and everyone's losing, losing a little faith in Louie. Yeah. 64 pounds of peas. That sounds like an awful lot. Peas don't weigh that much. I know. That's I mean, a lot of peas. That's a lot of peas. I mean, but I guess they're in... Pods. Yeah, so it's the pods. But still, but still 64, 64 pounds. 64 pounds. Yeah, that's a lot of work. So the Evans Jeez. are also growing peas. So it's, now we know it's strawberries, cotton, and, and, peas, and peas in bulk if yeah. she's picking 60... Not just a... This it's isn't a family them. garden. Right. Yeah, pretty cool. September 14th, 1933. We washed a great big washing this morning. Edith said something about Tommy that made me so mad. About dark, Henley and Ruth came over here in his truck. They were going to Little Red. Ruth asked us to go by force of habit, but we didn't. I didn't want to watch Henley and Neva wrote to Tommy tonight. (laughs) <laughs> Do we know about her yet? Yes, okay. we, we said farewell to Tommy uh, and Henley yeah, last right. time. So, so yeah. Neva is no surprise Neva's, to this audience. Yep, she will be Henley's sweet, sweet bride. Yeah, right, that we, we said know that last nothing time. about because we don't yeah. have a death date, a death certificate. Oh. Uh, she kind of she was ad- abducted by aliens, okay. like some of these other people. Sure. So I'm waiting for some of these caps, handsome fellas who've yeah. reached out to me to yeah. tell me yeah. where, where is she? Hen- right, where is she buried? She's One a- of Henley's relatives contacted. We us? have two. We have his cousin, and then his actual grandson. Oh, right. So okay. I'm so, thinking yeah. he should know what Let's happened to grandma. To, yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, for sure. yeah. So here huh. we go. I know. September 19th, 1933. Read Little Women to the kids this morning. Read the papers. We had a real early dinner. I've been thinking of a plot to a murder story. Cool. I didn't know this. I, I hadn't read this before. I think it one she talked about like writing stories with Francis at some point uh-huh, and I right. thought one was a mystery, but I hadn't heard murder before, but That's then again. Neat. Um but I, mean, I wonder if she's using the names as, of Tommy or Henley. Is. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tommy the got murdered. Of, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the love triangle the knife collapses. went into his heart and <laughs> blood spurted all over. <laughs> exactly. I don't think she'd probably write that. I but don't anyway, know. But hey, her grandson we, we, would. Yeah, exactly. No. And yeah, we would read that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> September 22nd, 1933. We washed this morning after dinner. All of us but Daddy went to the house, had some water and sand. 
Then we had to bring two tubs from the branch. We scrubbed the floors in the back bedroom and kitchen so they won't be rough. Came home and played paper dolls with the kids in the tent. So interesting. I love it that they're sanding the floors with sand. I know, right? I, and then they, so she says they have to walk down they to walk the branch. To the, so I'm guessing their little house isn't too far from the branch. But I oh, think you've noticed that on the maps, right? I have, but the branch wasn't near their house. I need to look at where their house was. Oh, so they had yeah. to like haul it down to the... I, I need to look at that. That's a great yeah. thing for me to it do. Does, yeah, it makes me okay. wonder how far they went. So it was near a branch. Well, it couldn't have been. I, I don't know. The branch. Lugging sand. Lugging water and sanding yeah. the floors with sand and water. Right. I guess there was no sandpaper. Right. That's so, so cool. that's what they did. That was probably just the way they did it. Pretty cool. September 23rd, 1933. Francis and I had to go look for Aunt Etta's cow, Goldie, that we milk. We roamed all over the pasture and finally found her. Came home and talked to Ruby while eating hickory nuts and persimmons. Helped Dean make oatmeal cookies. After dinner, I went to the store for the drawing and held our three tickets in vain. Is that the first time she mentions a drawing at the store? I think so. Yeah. So I wonder if that meant you could take three of your work tickets and put them into the lotto. Like they wrote a number on them and they like 50, number 50. Gotcha. I wonder if that's what was going on there. And so they didn't win. And then I wonder if that means they lose the tickets. Exactly. Yeah, it's probably money or a sack of flour or something. They probably lose the tickets, yeah. Yeah, because Uncle Clyde gets villainized a lot for this debt. Yeah. But Uncle Clyde is also, he has workers to pay. He he bought the stuff to put in the store. Absolutely. I mean, he's got to get his money back. I don't think he's a villain. I think he's just, he's probably like, Etta, what do I do? Mm -hmm. They owe me $1,400. I can't cut him off. Obviously, he didn't kick him off the land. Right. And then <sighs> he couldn't pay his flower bill or right, his horse right. bills, you yes. know? It all, it's it like all a, just cascades. What's that thing? A tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. More so, like a snowball. It just gets right. bigger and bigger. Even better. Yeah. Even better. Mm-hmm. September 25th, 1933. Didn't do much of anything this morning. Henley came to the store just after dinner, but went on with his uncle in a wagon. Came back on his horse... I read to Dean under the cedar tree. Henley came out there and talked to me for a long time. After he left, I just wanted to cry. I wish he'd come back. I wish we could hurry up and move. I mean, they are just moving down the street. Yeah. I mean, it's not like she's going to get away from Henley. Exactly. But I think what it is for her, the now I feel like the more I get to know her and the more I'm having these aha moments, yeah. it's the shame of living in the tent. Oh, you think? I think she's getting down. Yeah. And she does. she's not going to school because yeah. she didn't have clothes or shoes. Both these real cute boys have broken up with her. Mm-hmm. And she goes to sleep in a tent. And inside her brain is probably just screaming, nothing is right. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going well for her right mm-hmm. now. And I'm starting to feel really, really sorry and for her. Can you imagine growing up like your mother wearing a flower sack and just eating possum and starving? I mean, she had to watch her mother go through this. Right. And she loves her father. Right. So no matter what we're thinking about him now right. or what even his family was thinking about at the time, yeah. she loves her daddy. Right. Big time. What's really interesting, which mm-hmm. will start coming up real quickly in the diary, mm-hmm. she's still calling him daddy. Yeah. But real soon, yeah. she's going to just start calling him dad. Yeah, that's such and, an I mean, interesting And I mean, we all age out of, I mean, I don't remember the exact day my kids stopped calling me mommy. Right. But it does hit you one day that they're like, hey, right. mom. 
Right. And you're like, okay, I mean, that's fine. I well, mean, she was older. I mean, but we're Southern. I mean, yeah. And a Southern girl, I called my dad daddy up until the day he died. Oh, yeah. It's just a Southern yeah, thing. Right. It's like, I love you, you daddy. Yeah, right. I did. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, we'll start seeing yeah. that change. Yes. Pretty quickly, actually, which is interesting. September 29th, 1933. Henley came to the store again this morning. I only got to speak to him while he was fixing his horse. I wish I could talk to him and we could come to some understanding. After dinner, I treated my face with an egg, and then Helen and I went to the house. Daddy and Leon were putting in the doors and windows. We went on to Aunt Delia's and watched them from the porch. What we got so excited about the first time we ever read that entry was she could see the house from Aunt Delia's porch. We knew where it was. So we knew with a little... A range. What we're hoping. Yeah. So the little area. Well, we know now we for know sure. We know now, yes. Yeah. Because a lot of people ended up living in that little house. They did. Didn't he- wasn't Henley a- one of them? Yeah. Yeah. I in mean, the house that Leon and Louie yes. built. And I just love seeing Leon working with his dad. I know. It happens. I mean, yeah. Because yeah, everyone's like, Leon never had a job and he right. couldn't hold. But he's building a house with his daddy. Yeah. That's a big accomplishment. Very much so. Leon's always with daddy a lot. And mm-hmm. I just, I, even later in the diary when dad's yeah. working for a job that he'll get, uh-huh. he and Leon, uh-huh. he travels for his work and Leon's with him a lot. Does Leon like go to Cersei and Pangburn when he, when Louis is going there nowadays? Do you I, know? I bet. Yeah. Because, I it ne- because otherwise he would be more prominent in the diaries. In the diary. I, I mean, yeah. he did pick some cotton. He did go into the fields. Yeah. He brought them their lunches. Yeah. 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 You know, things like that. So okay. I bet, I bet huh. there are times when Bess is like, you have to Stay take Leon. Or take him. Yeah. Right. Because he's a he's hard to he's right younger child around right and that and she's got Dean and Helen right so they've got to share that a yeah. little bit I think you know yep September wrap up 1933 I have not had such a hot time this month haven't had one date even I guess we will be in our house before long hope so anyway a toast for October. <laughs> toast for October. But how Toasting sad. Water. She hasn't even had one date in all of September. Aww. So that, you know, that makes me think not Tommy and Henley quit her and all the other boys are like, well, she was two-timing right. Tommy and Henley. Right. Oh, she gets might have messed up her little rock. reputation. Yeah. For a little while. Maybe a smudge. I bet she gets back out there to oh, some degree. Well, because she's very charming and she's really cute. Yeah. And we will definitely find out. But now we are in October. Now, wasn't it? It was it. When did it get to two degrees? Last February or last? I think it was probably February. It mm. was. Okay. It was oh, after right. the New Year. That's right. Okay. Two so, degrees. But things will. Yeah. Well, here comes October. Right. October first, nineteen thirty-three. Went to Sunday school this morning. Henley was there, and Gurley captured him entirely. After dinner, Francis and I fixed some sacks to pick our cotton in. We have to. We were sitting out under the cedar tree, and Tommy passed. Pretty soon, he passed back with Isom and Elma. Francis and I acted crazy all rest of the afternoon. Those boys passed kind of late. I didn't speak or look any of the times. <laughs> playing some games, girlfriend. <laughs> oh, the sad part of this is here comes season two of Pickin' Cotton. Right. And they're making their sacks. They know what to expect because they now did this they last know. year. And they know it sucks. Right. And now we have to. Yeah. So, October God. 1st. 
And I can only imagine that now that they're building this house, she really thinks this is her lot in life. No, oh, she probably strawberries had, yeah. and cotton. Oh my God! Right, she uh. didn't know what was coming up. Now, one other thing I have to ask, mm-hmm. which was, what did it mean where Gurley captured him? She I made, don't know what that she means. made fun of him. She mimicked him. Oh, like you know, okay. She probably like, oh, uh-huh. I'm happy. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, who was it, Gurley? Because Gurley's on Elizabeth's side. They're cousins. Uh, yeah, I wonder like, what, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, don't even worry about him. Gotcha. Right. So cute. So, Isom and Elma. Yeah. Okay, here's what's really cool, is that we have a picture of Elma. Yeah. That came to us by way of a totally different side of the family, because someone sent us a picture of John Evans. Right. And it's a picture of him and a woman. Uh-huh. And that woman is Elma. She is? Yes. Because really? remember, it was described as Isom Bird's wife. Oh. But this picture had been taken. Be- She's beautiful. Yes. And what's really rap. funny is when we got this picture and we put it on Patreon, we photoshopped her we out. We did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> we wanted to just focus on John. Right. Now, go back, photoshop John out, and let's <laughs> okay. get that picture back on. Isn't that neat? I know, isn't that cool? Oh, she's really neat looking. Oh, no, she, she's really cool. Yeah, she's fun. Okay, so we know Isom Bird is Tommy Bird's older brother. Right. Elma is his lovely bride. She was born in 1911 to Otis and Katie Yarber, which is why we have this picture of the woman who sent it to us. I gotcha. That's part of her family. I see. She was one of five kids, including Ruby Yarber. Of course. Who, we was, wow. who was married to John Evans' older brother, Alfred, who died in the fire. He not, died? not Alfred. Ruby, Ruby. died. Oh, mm-hmm. that was Remember? her. Oh, yes. And so Ruby and Elma are sisters. Oh. So before she, so let's see. So she, she, this is before Ruby died. Well, a little bit. No, Ruby's already dead in the diaries because she, she died in 1932. That's right, she died before. Okay. But Elma doesn't marry Isom until 1931. Okay. So she was a married woman. With a little baby of her own, oh, really? a little boy named Charlie, oh. when her sister was killed in yeah, a fire. Right. Her dress oh. caught fire. And she ran out of the house yeah. so the house wouldn't burn down right. and kill the baby. Oh, my. I know. Isn't poor that so sad? Ruby, yes. I know. And poor Elma, because they're both like sisters. They're married. Yeah. They're having babies at the same oh. time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it had to be so tragic. It's a tragic scene in the movie. Yeah. I can see oh. it now. God. Unfortunately. I know. Oh, so yeah. sad. Well, so, yes, they have their little boy named Charlie. In 1950, they all are still together, and they've never had any other children. So Charlie was their only kid. And Isom sadly dies in 1964 from heart failure. And Elma will outlive him until 2005. Oh, She'll die at the age of 94. She will have six grandchildren and three great-grandchildren. So, okay, Charlie, you wow. fill up that family tree there all by Seriously. So she must have loved having those children come in and out of her life as a little widow. You know what's weird about that? Hmm. She was alive during the Great Depression and during 9-11. Oh, gosh. Isn't that weird to think about? Right. I never even think about that. I know. She died two years after 9-11, Alma. Gosh. Yeah, weird. Yeah, because I always think about people making it to the year 2000, but I never think about 9-11 and what they must have thought of that. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. We have a picture of Elma. We also have a picture of her as an old woman. Oh, good. So we'll have young and old. Yay. We're so lucky when we get a situation like that. Any pictures were, yeah. Yes, I know. And I wondered what, what they were making their sacks out of, going back to those flower sacks yeah. and, and that you mentioned earlier, and the sacks they're making to pick their cotton. Because the this is also the time when sack companies are making pretty patterns because they know mm-hmm. desperate people need them. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they mm-hmm. at least made it fun mm-hmm. and like, I want to use a little That's of that really flower cool. print and make a little patchwork. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is my, like your backpack going they to school. They had to be seven feet. The they co- were? Yeah. They were seven foot long. Yeah. Oh, Sometimes longer. God. Yeah. How do you, you get that through them. all those pokey little branches of the yeah, cotton no field? Yeah, no kidding. Just yanking Good, them down. Yeah. God, craziness. That, oh, that is well. We'll find out soon enough because here comes cotton picking. October 2nd, 1933. We all picked cotton for Mr. Evans today. I picked 45 pounds in all. We are getting 50 cents every 100 pounds. After supper, all us kids were in a quarrelsome mood, but we had our Bible study and felt better. Today was such a beautiful day. My heart swelled with the joy of living. When we started to the cotton patch after dinner, a mockingbird was singing out his very heart, and the sun gloriously shone. Tonight is lovely. Mrs. Okay. Browning. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, first of all, yeah, she's been reading Mrs. Browning, yep. and she's been reading the Bible. Right. And that always kind of, <gasps> everything yeah. is beautiful, everything is a blessing. So mm. I, again, like I said last week mm. when she was going to the tent revivals, mm. thank God she's got God in her life right now. Because this is giving her, look at what she's noticing. Yeah. Otherwise, she'd be like, but this is, so I'm glad that she has this moment. Yeah. But that was beautifully done. It sure was. And I thought that was a beautiful entry. 45 pounds of cotton. What? Are you freaking kidding me? That's all day. That's a lot of cotton. And 50 cents per hundred pounds. I can't remember what 50 cents is, but it's, I don't know, $30. Oh, oh what it something. is in today's money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 oh, cents know. per 100 pounds and 45 pounds. Yeah. But she didn't even make her whole 50 cents yet. Right. Just to get to 100 she pounds. She made 45 cents that day. Right. Ah. Oh. They're in debt. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here we go. October 3rd, 1933. We picked cotton for Mr. Evans today. We finished the bale. I picked 55 pounds. About 6 o'clock, Ruby and Leonard passed, but I don't suppose Tommy was in there, and I could care less. I don't believe I like him anymore. I know I'd rather go with Henley. I wish I could talk to him. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com We may get to move this week. 
I certainly do hope so. It's getting colder all the time. My fingers are so sore. I hate to hear that her fingers are sore and that she's cold. I know. But so they finished a bale. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if things have changed, but I looked up what a bale of cotton is, how much. A bale is 480 pounds. Whoa. It's 54 inches long and 20 inches wide. Wow. So that's a lot of cotton. Oh, yes. For an entire bale. Yeah. So I, I can't do math. 400 pounds, be like, they're getting 50 cents, 100 pounds. Right. I don't know. That's 220. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> I don't either. It's always so embarrassing <laughs> no, when we try to do math. Yeah, but you know, when I Googled either. how big is a bale of cotton, yeah. the very first thing that pops up mm-hmm. was how many $100 bills can you fit into a bale of cotton? Who's Googling what? that? That that's the number one return For when cotton. I look up bale of cotton. That's bizarre. I know, but I know the answer. It would be $300,100 bills. So that would be like Jeff Bezos's bed. <laughs> right, right. But it would be the exact same with $1 bills. The yeah, same number. Right. It's ridiculous. Or $5 bills. Right. Why did they pick $100 bills? Something ain't right with the world. There's the, or it's some trend we don't Whatever. know about. Whatever, Google. I know that was ridiculous. But anyway, it's a joke. <laughs> really, it is. Now you know. I think though. we've been punked because it could be a one dollar bill, a two dollar bill, whatever. Oh yeah, right, so right, right. So it's irrelevant. Yeah, or or it could be yeah. a piece of paper. Yeah. Anyway, we're look, look at going off the rails. Spinning off. Here we go. <laughs> October fourth, nineteen thirty-three. Francis and I went to the house and cleaned the chunks and shavings out of the rooms. Then we went to Mr. Evans and cleaned off our cook stove. After dinner, Henley came up to the store. I was cleaning up and rushed, thought I'd be posed out under the tree and we could chat a while, but he went on home. I love it. I love it. Can't you I love see her? Posing out the tree. Oh, hi, hi, Henley. Henley. What you doing? Yeah. I'm just reading. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. But I remember they bought that cook stove right. a couple of, well, maybe last episode when Angry. daddy traded his lot right. of stuff. So right. cook stoves were commonly used in the 1930s and they were fueled by either wood, coal, or gas. Wood and coal burning stoves required manual loading of fuel and tending the fire, and gas stoves were becoming more popular in the 1930s due to their convenience, as they could be easily turned on and off, and the heat could be controlled more precisely. And we'll see in later entries that even when they're in a house, like I know they're in a house soon now, Mm -hmm. they always have a cook stove, and they're always Mm -hmm. getting coal oil delivered to the house i've never heard of coal oil i had not either and i looked it up when i first read about it this, yeah. ha- this happens in 1935 yeah okay and somebody in particular is bringing them that coal gotcha. oil mm-hmm. but wink <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just like it's oil. not it's not kerosene but it's like kerosene yeah but it's not okay it's, but right I, I i googled it and then i thought why, why am i googling coal <laughs> oil good lord move on <laughs> October 7th, 1933. We moved into our new house this morning. After dinner, Helen and I went to the store, came back, washed windows, and put up beds. Gurley and Ethel helped us. After supper, Francis and I bathed and went to bed. We were so tired. We aren't half cleaned up. Not all our living room floor is in, and we don't have windows in the back two rooms. I'll be glad when we can get everything straightened up. I'm so glad to get in a house. 
the cool thing about this entry mm-hmm. is that when she says we don't have windows in the back two rooms, mm-hmm. so that probably means it's a four room, two rooms in the front, two Good rooms point. in the back. Yep. Kind of little. Yep. I've, I've lived in a house like that in my life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that would make perfect sense that that's what they put up. And they have probably like the kids' room and the mom kid. and dad's room yeah. and an eat in living room, yep. little How neat. cook stove in I the mean, corner. Yeah. Yeah, but just a little, that's all they really needed. But here's what it is it's October 7th, 1933. Yeah. They lived in a tent for 524 days. Wow. 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 Almost a year and a half? Yeah, almost. I can't do math. I can't either, but I know that's almost a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? No. I went camping one time for like a night. (laughs) (laughs) Not good. Yeah, I think the longest I ever camped was a couple of days. And I was like, okay. Enough. Yeah, go home. Yeah, much (laughs) less picking cotton and strawberries uh-huh. and, and and not having running water exactly. and a hot shower at and the end of toilet. your day and a toilet uh, running water yeah yeah I, yeah because there's no bathroom in this house either no, this is all there's an outhouse outside. there's a privy whatever or they have chamber pots <laughs> yeah well i'm sure they dig something for sanitary reasons i'm sure yeah but but, but when you're out yeah that's why beds were so high back in the olden days so you could have room for that ch- chamber pot mm-hmm. under your bed because you're not going to go out just to tinkle in right. the middle of the night, you know, right. you just tinkle right there in your room. Oh, I mean, God. I do it. You do it, right? Well, I mean, the room <laughs> next to the room. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. October 8th, 1933. After dinner, we were intending to clean up things to our heart's content, but Mr. and Mrs. Evans came, and all we got to do was hang a few pictures, put up a bookcase, and fix the table. My dream that I dreamed last night is supposed to come true. It was about Boyce, Francis, Henley, and myself. In the corner, I looked. In it was Bill. Bill? <laughs> Backburner Bill Back from Bell? B- <laughs> That's another t-shirt. <laughs> Backburner Bill from Bell. We've got a list of like Three or four T-shirts we want to design. Two are going to be limited edition. And the rest, I think, will stick around for a while. But uh, we're waiting. We have an artist working on it. Yes, we do. Sophia. Yeah. That's my daughter. In the other room. Yeah. (laughs) That artist is. Um, But I love how they didn't get to do anything except hang a few pictures. I know. Put up a bookcase. Right. Fix a table. They did stuff. That is stuff. That's that's good good for one day. I guess, you know. Yeah. Come on now. I wonder what those pictures were, you know? Hang a few pictures. Pictures. Well, How interesting. They must have kept some something. Some little piece of art yeah. that someone had painted. Or something. I don't know. I, yeah. Who knows? Make, make a, a, some kind of portrait of a person, mm-hmm. maybe their mom and dad's wedding picture. Exactly. Maybe, That's what I'm thinking. Maybe white Jesus. <laughs> um, wasn't you, Jesus white? Yeah. Am I, right? Isn't what? Santa Claus white? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so who, who's to say? But God, don't you wish you had one of those paintings? Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too. October 12th, 1933. Daddy, Francis, Leon, and I dug plants this morning. Coming home at noon, we killed five tarantulas. We picked cotton for John Evans this afternoon, 147 pounds altogether. Gee, I'm so tired. Mm. Okay. Tarantula. I would have been like, I, and today we all packed up and moved because we killed five tarantulas. <laughs> right. I mean, We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I only thought tarantulas lived in places I like Hawaii. I did too. Like the Brady tarantulas? Bunch. Tarantulas? 
Yeah, like right. The Brady Bunch. Remember, didn't they find that tarantula did in they? Hawaii and I they don't flipped know. out? I'll bet they did the Brady Bunch. I, I would have flipped out too. And you can't just stomp on a tarantula because they're so big. That'd be Ew. like stepping on a what? frog. Ew. How do you kill them? I guess I they stomped on them. Yeah. Coming home, we killed five tarantulas. Uh, wow. Yeah, that's... that's tarantulas bet. in Arkansas. Uh, yes, I Googled it. Tarantulas can be found in Arkansas. Is that right? And it's actually the Texas brown tarantula. Oh, dear. So, Texas. <laughs> yeah, Texas. But that's commonly found all over the southern United States. Huh. Thankfully, not here. And these tarantulas are brown in color, known for their large size and hairy appearance. Uh, tarantulas are generally harmless to humans and are more likely to flee than to bite if they feel threatened. Whatever. Their bites are usually not dangerous, causing only minor discomfort, similar to a big a bee sting. And, oh. and, and then at the end, they offer a pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> if you encounter a tarantula in yeah. Arkansas or any other area, it's best to observe from a safe distance <laughs> and avoid disturbing or provoking the spider. Okay. Oh, because that's what I want to do. I'm out of here. Yeah. Go provoke Run. a in other Flipping words. tarantula. <laughs> right. God. <laughs> okay, so they um, they got 147 pounds. Jeez. So what's that, 75 cents they made for a day's work? No. Okay, if it's, it's 50 cents than, for 100. Yeah. And so they got 50 cents. Oh. You're going to ask us to do math right now. You're well, digging a hole. Actually, isn't it $147? So if it's 50 cents, right? For 100. So... Right. So they got 50, and then they got almost oh, half. Oh, I think you're right. Yes, so close. 75 cents. 75 for a day's work. Yes, that's good math. Good, a- yes, for a day's <laughs> work. And it's more than one person. Yeah, all together. All of them. Yeah, and they owe $1,400 to the store. What the heck? Jeez. I know. October 13th, 1933. The four of us picked cotton this morning. After dinner, Dean went in Francis's place. We came home early and bathed. After supper, a few came for the dance, just the right size. We had a hard time getting music and finally got a guitar. I think everyone had a pretty good time. I did at least. Had a good talk to Boyce about question mark, exclamation point, question mark. <laughs> now, who was Boyce's hey, best but, friend? Yeah, boy, but Boyce has been dating Francis this whole time. Oh, I haven't right. heard that they've broken up. And so Boyce is pulling Elizabeth aside and talking about and with this Elizabeth. And I mean, a lot of Francis. people on Facebook thought or TikTok was yeah. like, are they going to get engaged? Francis uh, and Boyce. Francis and Boyce. Time will tell. Could. Maybe here's, they are. Here's what's cute. They had a dance at the house. Yes. So they got Isn't their house neat? and they're and having they a, a little, little yeah. housewarming. Isn't that nice? It is. And when you look at the Library of Congress's yeah. pictures on these farms, there are there are pictures in these with these dances. Oh. Yeah, in these small houses, mostly actually all ages. Really? <clears throat> yep. Are they dancing in I guess it depends on they're the weather in the inside house, or outside. And there are some outside of the house. Oh. But in general it was just this thing that they did. And there uh. are these lovely pictures and everybody's smiling and you know. From a previous entry we had learned that Harry and James Froud would come and play music. So I wonder when right. they say they got a guitar. Yeah. If sure. it's one of those two guys, Harry the mail carrier, also right. the guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I love that they hosted a little dance. That is neat. Just the right size crowd. Yeah. Aw, bless her heart. October 14th, 1933. Francis and I stayed home this morning and did the housework and cooked dinner while Mother, Leon, and Daddy picked cotton. 
After dinner, the kids and I went to the store after groceries, read to them some. Francis and I grabbed a piece of pie while we were getting dressed and went up to Gurley and Ethel's. We four and Wenzel walked to singing. Rode back on Bob's fender. Oh Lord! Uh, that seems dangerous. But yeah. what a fun night! And all the girls I know, like, right? oh, ride back on the fender, yeah. and they're laughing, and it winds in their hair. Right? What a lovely little day it. that was! Right? They got a day off from picking cotton, mm-hmm. and like we said, there's Leon. He's picking cotton. Right. But I have an on this day. Oh, you do? We should get the like on this day. Oh, yeah. October fourteenth, nineteen thirty-three, Germany announced that it would withdraw from the League of Nations. Mm. After the three allied powers of World War I, France, the UK, and the United States denied its request to increase its military. Mm. So I didn't even know the U.S. was in the League of Nations, and then I find out they were not. The League of Nations was an intergovernmental organization founded in January of 1920 as a result of the Treaty of Versailles that ended World War I. And actually, it was Woodrow Wilson who was mm. this, it was like the 14 points, I don't remember mm-hmm. all the, I don't mm-hmm. care. Uh, but he was the one who was like, we should have this League of Nations and mm-hmm. we can all work together and prevent future conflicts from mm-hmm. happening. Well, the United States never became a member because of the politics that was going on in Over the there. country. No, in our country. Oh, in our country. Because at the time, at the uh. end of World War One, Woodrow Wilson had a Senate of another party. So he had the opposing party had control of the okay. Senate. And they were like, we're not passing your stupid League of Nations. So the United States never even joined. That would be like not in the United Nations, you know, same thing, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Why the United Nations is so important. It's like we pulled out of NATO. we almost did pull out of the United Nations. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But, uh, and the reason that we almost weren't in the United Nations a while ago, mm-hmm. was because it cost too much money, mm. right? And that we paid more than anybody else. That was what that politician was saying at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody pays based on like a sliding scale of what you can afford to pay. Not sure. everybody can all pay sure. what the United States does because we're one of the wealthiest nations. We're right. the wealthiest nation in the U- United Nations. We're mm-hmm. the ri- one of the richest countries in the world. Mm-hmm. So we pay, United States contributes, well, around 20% of the UN's budget hmm. comes from the United States. Mm-hmm. And that would seem like a lot, but we mm-hmm. have a lot that we can give. Exactly. And that a lot also of the United Nations is funded philanthropically. Mm-hmm. So people like Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. <laughs> who have lots and lots of money, or oh, Bill Gates, yeah. people like that, can donate. Right. Where is their Patreon? I will sign up. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah. it's really important right. to have a le- the United Nations so that everybody can come together in their tribunal and stop a future Hitler. Amen. Amen. Stop Some people whatever. don't feel that way. No. <laughs> which is so odd. It, I, you know, there's this really funny... Netflix show called um, Kunk on Earth. Have you seen any yes, of it? Yes, I so, love her. It's so funny. She's so Philomena Kunk. Yes, and she has that one interview about nuclear power, mm-hmm. where you know, because she, if you don't know who this is, it's a comedian. She plays like she doesn't really like she's an expert on history, but she knows <laughs> but nothing. She's not, <laughs> and she gets everything wrong. But she interviews these professionals very, and yeah. they and they have to have a straight face. Absolutely, and that must be hard I for know, them because she asks them. They all do such dumb. a good job. I, she asks really dumb questions. And and you just you will laugh it's and laugh. Hilarious. But my favorite yeah. part of the whole kunk mm-hmm. experience was she was interviewing a guy about nuclear weaponry, yeah. and he's talking about how it can what it destroys and like Hiroshima uh-huh. and Nagasaki. And she goes, "Yeah, but people don't have those anymore, right?" 
And he's like, no, every country. <laughs> and she starts to cry. Yeah. Her character is yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. We, we could do this again? Uh-huh. And that was of such a poignant and mm. beautiful way of her in her comedy. Right. To be like, wait. Ah. Oh. Yeah, neat. It was She's really, really neat. cool. She's really She's something. so funny. She's... October 23rd, 1933. Helped clean the yard and stacked wood this morning. Mother and I took Daddy and Leon their dinner at the Berry Patch. We dug plants this afternoon, dug 5,300 in all. I finally wrote to Bill. It was a long letter, and I asked him why I hadn't heard from him for so long. Okay, so they, they do this last year, too, these digging these strawberry plants. The dead and ones? Is that that's right? That's what I thought. Yeah. But I did. I was like, why, why would they have the dead plant sitting there from May to October? What would be the purpose of that? What did you learn? Okay, I'm an idiot. They're not digging them, like digging them out. They're actually planting them. Oh. (laughs) She's just using, she's not saying we planted them, which would make a heck of a lot more sense. She says we dug them, like I dug them and stuck them in. So they planted 5,300 plants. Yeah, just that day. That day. Right. But strawberries are a perennial, and they'll come back every year, and we used to have them in our backyard. But they, you can actually treat them as an annual, and they will Uh fruit in one season. So Uh I saw this cute little article, Uh and it said, why do you want to keep your strawberries for more than a season? If you don't want to maintain the strawberry patch through summer, don't. Summer is the hottest, busiest, weediest time in the year of plants, so get those tired strawberry plants out of there. The space can be sown with a cover crop instead that will compete with weeds and require less of your time and attention. So, why do we plant strawberries in the fall? When days are long, more than 13 hours, strawberries invest all their energy into producing runners and like taken out where they are. But as the days grow shorter in the late summer and fall, they focus on root development and producing the little floral buds that will become mm-hmm. the strawberry plant. So if you get them planted in the mm-hmm. fall, mm-hmm. they'll start growing that. Mm-hmm. They'll kind of like stay dormantish during the uh-huh. winter and then poof, oh. strawberries in the spring. Okay. So that's what they're A doing. Strawberry hack. Yes. <laughs> Although you can just plant them in your backyard and just go out go. there every year and just pick them. Uh-huh. And they're so cute. Uh-huh. October 25th, 1933. Went to Aunt Ella's with Woodrow and Arky this morning. Read to Grandpa and baked a devil's food cake. Came home after dinner with those kids. Ethel was here. We talked and decided to go to church. All came home alone. We got a letter from Lil today. She's been going with Ray. So we get a little we're a little letter from back home in Bell. We back, all yeah. remember little Lil Terrell because she was Francis and Elizabeth's best, best friend, friend and Gussie's little sister. Right. So that's how we know her. But if you will recall, mm-hmm. we would meet Ray when it was all Ray and Pickles and Gussie. Uh-huh. They were thick as thieves, yes, always yes. hanging out. And Francis dated Ray. The entire time they right. were in Bell. And now she's gone, so it's fair game. Mm-hmm. Lil's got her hooks in him. And let's talk about it. Oh, right. Ray. That's some drama you're going on. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. But I didn't talk about Ray uh, back in the beginning, so okay. now's a good time. Okay. So Ray Robert, or Robert Ray, depending on where you look, 
Wallace was born in July of 1912 in Bell, Missouri. In 1930, he's dating Francis, and he was a truck driver in the 1930s. In 1940, he's still a truck driver, but he's living in Burbank, California, working for a clay company. But right before he moved out there to the land of oranges and sunshine, in 1935, he married Lillian Esther Terrell. Oh, he married her. Yes. Isn't that cute? <laughs> that's, that's Lil's husband, right? Yes, that Francis was trying no. to date for a while. Yes, and she and Ray will have three children oh, together. dear. Catherine, Evelyn, and Patrick. But Francis could have tried again. Their marriage did not last. Oh. And somewhere in the 1950s, they get a divorce. Uh-oh. In 1962, Ray will remarry to a lovely woman named Hilda Irene. And in 1964, they move back to Missouri. And Ray dies in 1989. Okay. So now don't worry about Lil. He didn't leave her abandoned for too long out there in the California. Because right. she found love again in okay. 1967. She married a man named Howard Hummer. And they will continue to live in California. And Lil will die in 2006. And I have pictures wow. of every single person in this story, really? with the exception of Lillian Esther Terrell. You're now, look, I don't know what the Terrells have against photography, <laughs> but we can't find Bill. And now True. I can't find Lil. The right. only picture of a Terrell we have is Bill's dad, yeah. who was handsome as all get out. Mm-hmm. So I swear to God. And they were even prominent figures. Yes. So, yeah, right. But I guess back then, you the, the politician didn't take a picture with his whole family and send out postcards, you know, like you right. get today. True. And you're like, those poor kids. But still. I know. Yeah. It is, but it you is. have a picture of Ray? I do. Oh. I, have, I have a picture of Ray. I have I a picture of their son, Patrick, because he's holding him in the picture. And I have a picture of his wife, Hilda. Yeah. Cool. And she's beautiful. Okay. Every, I mean, Ray has a mustachioed fellow, cute little guy. But I want Lil and I want Bill. But here's the thing. Bill's... <laughs> Bill had a daughter who had a daughter, and they're all gone. So, they they, so there's, there's no, no. I know he had some siblings. I don't know where we're ever going to find a picture of Bill. Interesting, except for the fact that he was in the military. He was uh-huh. in World War II. So there has to be a picture. The military would have taken one at the yeah. very least for like an ID right. card if they even had pictures we'll find, on ID we gotta cards. We got to find Bill. So I need to reach out to the hey, military. Hey, are you a Terrell? Hey, are you in the military? And yeah. do you know how to go back into old records and find a photograph of a World War II veteran? Yeah. I bet you can. Or are you Bill's great grandson? No, or I don't think he Nobody has one. Nobody again, huh? I don't. I think his Jeez. his wife died. His daughter died, and maybe she had two daughters. He and Lil had their one. Or two. Uh, no, oh, oh, you mean out of Catherine, Evelyn, and Patrick? Yeah. I can't find them because there's no they records don't. after 1960. Oh, that's right. So oh, I don't know. the 72 like, year I, Like I'm going to go on Facebook and look for well, Evelyn of Wallace. of course you would. <laughs> Duh. Okay, I did. But I can't narrow it down. There's so many of them. So yeah, heck yeah, I'm looking. But I count on you guys, you uh, listeners. So I have a note here that okay. I forget. I wrote, and nobody's still alive except possibly Ray and Lillian's son, Patrick, because right. he was born in California in 1944. And in 1962, he marries a beautiful woman named Donna Morgan. I think I do have a picture of her. Okay. So, yeah, Donna Morgan Wallace of California. She Are you would out be, there? I can't do math. She'd be born probably in 40, 44 to 50. All right. So she's 80, 75. Okay, that's young. Or, y- or younger. Yeah. She's so, a, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's us. fine. Call us. Please. Just call just us. Just send us a picture. Moving on. October 26th, 1933. Wrote to Frank. 
All right, now. Okay, so she's sink. dipping her ladle way down into the boyfriend bucket to get Frank back out. <laughs> That's one way to put it. I mean, she's just, well, she's doing what we girls do. Like, well, that one got away. Yeah, she's You know, you break up with someone, pond. you write to your ex. Right, you know, right. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I, I do think, know. I think we've all been guilty of that at some point. <laughs> October 28th, 1933. Worked around here this morning. After dinner, Francis and I went to the store and got some things. Came home and baked pies and cake all afternoon. Ethel came by on the mules tonight, and Francis and I went with her to the church up on the mountain. We borrowed a saddle from Mr. Jim Bird. Francis and I got to ride home by ourselves again tonight. October 29, 1933. Went to Sunday school this morning, wore my new print dress for the first time. Francis and I were drying the dishes after dinner, and I looked out the window and saw Pete and Tommy. They came in a while and stayed. Went on to Aunt Delia's a while. Started to stop when they came back, but didn't. I went over to Aunt Etta's. Dean, Leon, Francis, and I met Mr. Cap's truck down at the corner and rode to the church up on the mountain tonight. Shirley was surprised to see Tommy. All right. So they're talking about the church up yeah. on the mountain. You, yeah. I keep thinking there is a church, on, church on that mountain, but okay. I don't see one. I don't Unless either. Unless it's gone. But I need to look at the 1955. <gasps> yeah. Oh, maybe you'll so, find it there. Because, yeah. I mean, I Googled it, like yeah. the church on King's I Mountain. I don't see it. Yeah. I don't either. Right. So maybe it's gone. Uh, well, but, we could ask Marianne. Okay, so this makes, yeah. But this, yeah. This, that makes total sense that... Yeah, one of those Caps boys said there was a church. Exactly. October 31st, 1933. After supper, we went to Bessie's. Picked a lot of pecans. We were making some fudge when Vernell came. He talked to us, then went back and got Gurley and Brandy Van Meter, her fella. Albert and Vernell went off together. Francis and I came home. They were drinking. So when we first met Gurley, when they first moved onto the farm, episode three or four, mm-hmm. we learned all about their lives, and mm-hmm. we know that she marries Brandy Van Meter. Yes. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Neat. But for, poor Francis and Elizabeth had to leave on the Halloween party because everyone's getting drunk. Everybody's drunk. all drunk up. That's what you do on Halloween. They you can't dress take like that. a slutty nurse and you get your drink on. <laughs> Is that what you do? That's what I do. I'm a slutty cotton picker. You know. <laughs> <laughs> What did you come? What are you, a slutty cotton picker? How about you, a slutty strawberry picker? <laughs> Halloween costumes during the Great Depression. <laughs> so, I think I have a theme for my Halloween coming up. Oh, <laughs> November second, nineteen thirty-three. Went after the mail today, but didn't get any. Came home and helped. Mother is still in bed. It's poison on her leg. I can't spell it. After supper, Ethel, Gurley, and Aunt Delia came by. Ruby's mother was buried yesterday. Um, okay. Okay. Hello. That came out of nowhere. Was Ruby's mother sick? Who yeah. the heck is Ruby? Well, there are a lot of Rubies. There are, but thank God yeah. for my big book of names. Oh, because you we found a did death? so. We met Ruby Warden in episode eight, and her mother was a widow. 
I'm not sure when her father, George Washington Warden, died, but I don't pick him up on any census after 1910. Ruby is born in 1915, mm-hmm. so he dies somewhere between 1910 mm-hmm. and 1920. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But by 1930, he's definitely gone. And it's really tragic that Ruby's mom dies in 1933. Mm. So she's, ah, so she's now... What is she, 18 years old? Her parents mm. are both gone. Her mother was Nancy Elizabeth Isabel Birdsong, and she was born on the Pawnee Nation Reservation in 1874, but she has her first child in 1888 when she is 14. Oh, dear. She'll have 10 children, the last being little Ruby, Ruby in 1915, so that's a lot of years of making babies. Yeah. 1888 to 1915, you're just cranking out child after child. (laughs) And God knows how many didn't make it. Yeah, I know. Because that's not information that I have. So that's terrible. But Nancy's father has an interesting Native American name. It looks like Kyla or Hyla. It was. Do you mean Ruby's father? No, 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 Nancy. You're talking about Nancy, the the mother's father. Yeah, the Native American. Yes. Who's uh, who's Ruby's mom, which is really cool. So I don't know how I'm going to pronounce it, but uh, he was a private in the Civil war mm-hmm. and he fought for the confederacy okay oops yep well oops. but in <laughs> yeah. in those days it was Didn't not at all well. uncommon for the native people to have to fight on the side of the state they had a treaty with mm-hmm. so even if this guy had been like choice. i don't like slavery either yeah. some people from my tribe have been slaves mm-hmm. to you white people i want to fight for the north they mm-hmm. couldn't Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. anyway, and mm-hmm. they would be threatened with losing their land if they didn't follow mm-hmm. the treaty. So, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. The Native Americans really didn't have a stake in that war, mm-hmm. other than probably just feeling like threatened by the people who forced them to. Mm-hmm. That also took me back to thinking about uh, Tommy Bird's grandfather. Mm-hmm. He had what would sound like a white man's name, John, uh, mm-hmm. George Moss. Mm-hmm. But then everybody, those four men who killed that mm-hmm. steer. They all had, quote, white man names. They had names like Butler and Simpson, right? But they were Native Americans. I guess it was just how you had to assimilate. That's it. They were Native Americans, Mm -hmm. perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
I see. Right. And a lot of in that area were Native American and African American. Okay. So it's a, it's a, anyway, it's just a real interesting mix how this George Moss story went from him, he's being black to him being white. Totally. And maybe him being Native American. Exactly. Because that what, makes total sense. Because yeah. they were, there was a lot of Native Americans around there. Right. And a maybe lot. this, if you were brown skinned, you got thrown exactly. into that little I'll horrible slang I had to use in the last episode. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So okay. I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah. November 6th, 1933. Went to school with the kids this morning and stayed all day. Henley sat by me. The school is so different from any I've attended. I'm reviewing the eighth grade. Lem King is the teacher. She's 16 years old, and she's reviewing eighth grade still because she hasn't had a consistent enough education. Th- and most schools stopped at eighth grade back yes. then. So you got your full education. Uh-huh. So I guess maybe there's certain criteria, like did you ever take this class or this level of algebra to get of your eighth grade? Of all people to have to redo a grade. I know. So you think so review means redo? Well, no, I think it means that the school has just started she's back redoing. up again. Here's your, what did you learn last year? You know, like when you uh-huh. go and take, you know, S- or, or when you start a new season of a the, Netflix show, they're like, on previous season, of uh-huh. right. Yellow Jackets. Right. So she's just making sure she okay. had hit that level, right? Or she wants to retake the eighth grade. Why would you because, want to do that? Because that's the end. There's no ninth grade. Oh, well, at this point in her life, there's no hope that there'll be a high school. She doesn't right. know. Yeah, right. You're right. You're right. So anyway, mm-hmm. but Lem yeah, King Lem, is the teacher. L-E-M. Mm-hmm. And this is cool because Lem King is never King's brother. Mm-hmm. So if I'm at Henley's. Hey, no, how's Neva? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but Neva is dating Henley, and we know because Lem King is a young fellow. Back then, you yeah. didn't have to go to college to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You could get a teaching certificate, which is exactly what Francis had done because several entries ago, she was looking to get a school. Mm-hmm. She They went up mm-hmm. on that mountain yeah. looking for the school. They yeah. went to Searcy and Step Rock, even. But right. in small towns, you know, the world gets even smaller because Lem King married Sarah Adelaide Yingling, or as we know her, Lady Oh, Yingling. he married Lady. He did, and we Lem have a picture. Lady. Yes, we have a picture of we Lady. Do? She's really pretty. Is she? Yes, and she has be- all, they all have good hair. Uh-huh. Pauline Edwards must have been in town. But what a small world, yeah. because we did Sarah Adelaide, Lady Yingling, so we would have mentioned yeah. Lem King. Yeah, yeah. So here he is back again. Oh. But teaching doesn't work out for him, or maybe the kids are jerks, because by 1940, he's a worker in a mercantile store. He's mm. a clerk. And in 1950, he's a rock mason. He lives until 1976. And Sarah, as we already know, lived on until 2002, Mm -hmm. and they are buried side by side in Providence. Mm, Lemon lady. Mm. In Providence, huh? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Who's to say? November 8th, 1933. Leon was sick this morning. Before we left for school, Ethel started today, and we went all day. When we got home, Mother had gone to catch a train for Belle. Grandpa died suddenly this morning. Daddy took Mother to Judsonia. He came back right after supper. This queer day has been so long. I'm already missing Mother. Well, 
This is a big moment. Yeah, this is. That she has no idea how big this moment is going to be in her little life. Yes. So this queer day is going to turn into mm -hmm. a queer couple of months. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know that George Underwood was Mm. a retired banker living in Bell, Missouri. He'd already been quite ill for a while, and Grandma had been taking care of him. Mm-hmm. So now Belle has been called up, and this is going to start some changes mm-hmm. uh, happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're going to leave this episode today. This is episode, what is this, 15, 16? 16, I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And all you guys, if you would like to have your moment to shine on this podcast, send us a voice memo on our Instagram or our Facebook. We've already got people doing it. Yeah. So don't get too far in the list before we, you know, say, okay, that was that was fun while it lasted. Yeah. But we're getting some great comments from you guys. But I love I love the comments. Hey, call yeah. me out if I have said something wrong. Honestly, I'm, I'm not going to. I don't get mad about it because we're trying to learn here. Exactly. And don't forget to support us on the Patreon. We have a five and a ten dollar level. Good stuff. Five is lots of pictures. Ten is bonus episodes. And but anyway, in the meantime, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yes. We will see you next Tuesday. Yes, we will. Bye. See you.